welcome to Conveyancing Matters with Lorraine and Stu. Join us for a chat about all things property. Hi Lorraine, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Just for the benefit of our lovely viewers, Stu and I were having a little t-shirt giggle before we press record there. Thought we're having a little t-shirt giggle, but we're not going to tell you what we were giggling about. Let's but just say it's a bit tight, a bit tight yeah. t-shirt. <laughs> But Mr. Forsdyke is in a PCS branded t-shirt, everyone just take oh, note. I think it's been shrunk in the wash, it must have been. Yeah, yeah. Oh, completely. That's what's happened to all my clothes during lockdown. They have Definitely. all shrunk. It's Definitely. remarkable. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, um, Stu, what we thought we'd talk about today, we were going to have, um, we're going to have an occasional series on uh, conveyancing searches. Uh, and this will be the first in our um, search series, as we've decided to call it. Um, because we thought it would be useful for uh, perhaps people buying and selling their home to know a little bit more about the conveyancing searches and what we have to do um, and also perhaps people that um, apply for them or who work in conveyancing offices that perhaps don't have uh, that much detail about them so the first of our search series that we're going to talk about is the um, drainage search now uh, if you want me to sound like a lecturer which i'm going to for anybody who wants to know a bit more about the searches more generally well you can refer back to Stu and i's conveyancing process explainer if you're interested but um as i say in particular we want to talk about um well, we'll tell you about all of the searches that we're interested in over the coming weeks and months uh that conveyancing um, lawyers have to do as part of the sort of purchase due diligence when somebody is buying prior to exchange of contracts um, and the interesting thing about uh, the drainage search it's one of the searches that we would sort of consider and if you're doing an exam so if you're doing your, your ILEX exams your SILEX exams these days or your license conveyances exams uh, in particular um, it would be a search that you would do on every purchase so it's so important that we would uh, we would advise that it's done on every purchase now um, just just fill in Stu there about the sort of you know the cash the cash client how annoying can they be sometimes I'm not sure about that um I think you know it's important to note that there's lots of information that wouldn't be available to us as a buyer uh, from the client or from the land registry so there are certain bodies that we do need to go to to get additional information so there are water companies drainage companies that will give us you know information that the seller might not know about might not be sure about and it's vital information as a buyer that you need to be armed with if you're a cash buyer um, you don't have to have the drainage search done it's completely optional although a lawyer is always going to recommend that you do have it done um, and if you are buying with a mortgage you've got no choice the banks absolutely insist on it so you have to have one done yeah absolutely um as I say, there are those cash buyers and we love you, cash buyers, don't get me wrong, but uh, do take our advice because um, it will be at your risk if you don't. And, and the drainage search is one of those really, really central, really, really important searches. And as Stu said, I mean, our starting point in the drainage search is clearly to get a plan of the property. Um, and I'm sure you're all aware there's something called a property information form, which the seller will fill in. And actually the PIF, as we insist on calling it, um, does ask a seller client really important questions about, you know, do you know the route of the pipes and services that serve the property? And I would say the vast majority of seller clients don't know the route of the pipes that serve their property. Frankly, I don't really know the route of mine. Um, and of course, there is now a question uh, on the PIF um, about whether the property is connected to um, the foul drainage system, or there's a bit more information now about whether the property is served by a septic tank. But that's 
that's quite thin on information. So as I say, we would do um, a drainage search. So Stu, tell us how, you know, how we would do one, um, you know, is it free? What do, we, what do we need to know on that sort of score? Yeah, unfortunately not, no, they're not free. There's an additional cost that the client will pay. So traditionally at the start of a transaction, a buyer will pay monies on account, uh, and that money will then be used by the lawyer um, to put in hand the various searches. So normally, you know, on or before receiving a draft contract pack, the search will be placed in hand. And it's, you know, depends on, on um, geographical areas, but normally three, four, five days later, you'll then receive the search result electronically. So what are the, when you get the search through, then you get the drainage search through, Stu, what are the, what are the key things, the real headline things, first of all, in the drainage search that as a conveyancer you're looking for? Yeah, so the, the initial information is whether the property is connected to the foul drainage, whether the property is uh, connected to the water. Uh, and really importantly for me, you know, where do those drains run in relation to the property? So when it comes to public drains and sewers, you know, are they in the boundary? You know, you may have a client that's buying a property purely because they can put a two-story extension on the rear. Um, and you then may be advising the client, well, actually, there's a, you know, there's a, there's a mains drain, a manhole cover right outside the back of it. So you may not be able to do that. Yeah, that's um, it's so important. And I think um, I certainly find myself when I'm... Um, chatting away to people on courses and stuff Stu what a lot of people sort of seem to forget is that actually and I do find myself saying this a lot um, is that it's actually the services and the rights that a property enjoys that gives it its value so we could have a stunning property in the most stunning location but if you've got no access to it or you've got no main services um, it's going to be worth substantially less if 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 anything um, so it you know these questions whilst they do seem you know a bit oh yeah we've got you know got water you know got foul drainage you know they are absolutely central to the ability to enjoy the property fully um, and as you say another thing that I think a lot of conveyances seem to forget in the sort of melee of the process uh, and the point you've just made is that actually it's really important for us when we're acting on a purchase to, to some degree to know our clients future intentions for the property and, and you know you've come up with an absolute zinger there um, if somebody has got you know wants to build and there's a drain beneath where they want to build well fundamentally you know we're going to be advising them well you know buy it but at your own risk because the uh, you know the water company or the foul you know the foul drainage company might say no um, and your plans for that property might be completely scuppered um, so what do you um, you know what solution can we find then Stu if any uh, as is often the case of course if we're buying a property that has got drains running out the back for example uh, and and it's already been built over without this thing called a build over agreement so our drainage search tells us that there's no build over agreement in place you know what can uh, what can we do yeah i mean f first and foremost whenever there's any kind of structure uh, potentially over a drain or sewer um, we would always advise a client to get a survey first of all um, just to you know give some kind of peace of mind that you know structurally everything's absolutely okay um, with regards to build over agreements, you know, we really want to see one in place so that we know that if there is a problem, 
if the water company have to come in, you know, drill up the floor, um, do Christ knows what to, to repair it. You know, if there's a builder over agreement, at least you've got comfort that any damage that might be made, um, you know, will be made good. Whereas if you don't have the build over agreement, um, of course, you know, any damage that's done to the property as a result of it being built over the drain, unfortunately, you know, you may have no recourse. Um, and certainly, you know, the water companies aren't going to come along and give you any kind of compensation or, 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 or carry out any kind of, you know, work to, 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 to make what's been uh, dug up look pretty again. So it's a big risk um, buying without a build over agreement. So would you go so far then, Stu, as a matter of interest? Because, um, you know, in a lot of cases, there isn't a build-over agreement, even if something's been, a structure's been in place for a long time. And of course, to my mind, that creates a greater risk because that probably means that the pipes beneath are, you know, pretty, pretty old. And, and as someone who... Um, uh, who uh, who had a massive water leak a couple of years ago and looked at a slab of concrete for a year in her lounge. Uh, I do understand the trauma. Um, but if we haven't got a build-over agreement, well, okay, we can say to our buyer client, it's at your risk. Would you feel, as a matter of good practice, we ought to be declaring that to the lender? Uh, I would, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I would be telling the, the lender, in, in my opinion, that's something that could affect the value of the property. Um, and certainly could affect the security um, of, of the bank's charge. You know, if there was damage that's caused, um, then it could be significant. You know, we, you know, we, we could be as something as um, you know, as small as a, cons a conservatory or a lean-to that's been built over, but then it could be a two-story extension. So obviously, it completely differs. Um, as would normally be the case, you, you know, as a lawyer, you might have to look at things such as build, such as building regs and and whatnot. So there's a lot to look at when something's been built over but the risk is always going to be there you know whatever certificates um whatever uh, surveyor a builder whatever information they can give you without the build over agreement there's always a risk that you're taking yeah and i think that's a really really good point actually and i think it's something that a lot of um a lot of conveyances in the heat at the moment don't i think pick up on or or, or act on uh, and as i say we do have this odd sense that if something a structure has been in place for a long time well you know no enforcement with planning no enforcement with building regs you know not too much of a problem but you mean as you say Stu, the minute you stick a pipe underneath it that that's a completely different thing altogether um certainly i mean as in addition to are we connected to um mains water are we connected to our drainage um one of the things and they're you know two of the key questions that the drainage search will answer i remember I did a course, I don't know, whenever on searches and inquiries and uh, um, and that's sort of what I mentioned about the drainage search. But one lady I only realised at, uh, at the end of the course when I got the feedback form worked for one of the drainage companies and she got terribly niffy and wrote on the feedback form, well, of course, the drainage search covers far more, far more than the, uh, <laughs> the, the things you said. So I thought well, she could have put her hand up and said, but she chose not to. Um, but of course, one of the other questions that the drainage search addresses is, um, you know, does uh, what happens to surface water from the property? And that's often, um, you know, a, a not known or not connected. And and to be honest, too, that's kind of often one of those one of those questions that, you know, I'll raise it with the seller, but I often don't get a very satisfactory answer. And then and then I don't really know. <laughs> I don't really know what Where to do. I just sort of 
yeah, I, I tend to gloss over. I tend to keep going in the sense that I point out to the client, well, we don't know where the surface water goes. You know, it's probably into, you know, um, uh, little drains around the house or whatever, or just into the lawn. Um, and yeah. beyond that, I, I leave it and move on. Depend on um, the age of the property. I've often looked at the, the, the planning permission um, and, and some of the old papers that a developer might um, supply us. Um, sometimes you'll find things like soakaways that could be on the development. Um, and of course, there could also be other natural water courses that, that are utilised to, to take the water away. So the, the key with, I, I always think, and, and just my personal opinion, but you know, it, it's advising the client, isn't it? So it's telling the client absolutely everything you know. And if you know that provisions might not be in place, you might not have the answer, but you know, you need to fully inform the client so that when they yeah. conclude their purchase, they do so in full knowledge of, of, of the possible problems that there might be. It's not for necessarily us to make a decision for the client, but certainly advise them. Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. And that, you know, one of the things, um, again, sort of, you know, one of the issues that um, we might not have something as dramatic as, as, as a pipe being built over, but of course, one of the other really useful pieces of information that the drainage search will reveal, apart from giving you fantastic plans, showing you the route of most of the pipes and so on, is whether there are any of those drainage assets, so whether there are any of those pipes and whatnot within the boundaries. So it doesn't necessarily mean that they're built over, but again, I always point that out to the client and say, well, look, you know, if the utility company needs to come in, you know, because of a water or sewage leak, you know, and, and dig up your front garden, then they're entitled to do so sort of thing. So again, it's, as you say, it's one of there's information giving things there's nothing i can do about that um the client can decide whether to buy it or not based on that information but i think the drainage assets within the boundary not, point yeah it's, it's not just the front lawn it could be the back it could be something yeah. going through the back garden and maybe you don't have a side access way or something like that and, and if you know if access is needed um you could have people walking through your house or all sorts so you know, yeah, not, exactly. not, nece not necessarily just the front garden sometimes it's the back as well but I think it's, you know, letting people know that these are the circumstances. This is what may happen if there ever was a problem so that it's not a surprise if it does crop up. Stu, if I was puerile and silly, I would say there's a back passage joke in there somewhere. But do you know what? I'm not going to make it. You might have to please sit here. <laughs> no, I think we'll get in trouble if we start going down <laughs> Yeah, that I think we will. Let's move on. Let's pretend That's I didn't it. say that. So, um... Obviously, if anybody's buying a new build property, the um, drainage search will, of course, reveal whether or not there's what we call an adoption agreement, which is really important um, to, in relation to the, um, the uh, uh, pipes and so on um, serving the property. So if the developer has entered into an agreement with the, uh, with the utility company to, to make up the services and to place a sum of money with them in the event that they go down the tubes. Yeah. Uh, and again, that always gives us a bit of a, that's always a bit of a miserable question when, we, uh, when we're on a new build and the art, is there an adoption agreement? No. <laughs> so um, that's always a bit of a zinger. No, that's it. We, we, we always want to know, don't we, that the builder's um, going to have some kind of uh, accountability, um, not just, you know, whilst they're building the property that a client might be buying, but whilst they're building the rest of the estate, because of course it's all intertwined, isn't it? So, you know, the availability of section agreements um, and, and adoption is, is, is really important too. Yeah, I think also um, the search can reveal, and again, clients need to know this too, whether or not, and certainly I've got it where I live, the, um, the foul drainage service and the water services are provided by different companies. 
so that's always important um, important for for buyer clients to know again nothing you can do about it but again it's all that information giving thing but one of the things particularly because i used to work in rural areas too one of the things i found particularly useful was the fantastic plans that were attached to the drainage search results um, and of course in the main if you're in a you know a bit of an urban area there's a few properties around where you're going to have the services pretty close to the property in question but of course you know if the services are some way away well it is important and you know therefore pipes from the property you're buying run across other properties to connect in where you've got to make sure we've got the appropriate easements the appropriate rights to do that but of course what I always found quite useful with my sort of rural property hat on Stu is that quite often a property wouldn't be connected to the mains foul drainage which you might expect you know um, there'd be a septic tank perhaps in the back garden um, maybe topic for another chat as I think you said but of course the water supply um, in rural areas can often just run across a random field um, and you often find that um, uh, the property is not connected to the public water supply. And if there's water running into the house, then you have to ask yourself the question, well, okay, where's it coming from? What's the water quality like? Is it via a borehole? Have we got building regs? You know, we have we got the right? Yeah. Exactly. And, and, and again, it's that, you know, maybe we'll sort of finish this where we started. It's all to do with, it's, it's tied up with the rights. If somebody's connecting to a private water supply, well, the reality is that if there was ever a dispute, then the owner of that private water supply could cut that property off. And, um, and thus, that property is suddenly worth a significant amount less if you don't have something as basic as a water supply into the house. Yeah, most definitely. So, um, any other drainage search obligations before we, or points that you want to make, Stu, before we close this one? Not that I can think of. I, I think for me, it's you know, it's all about um, telling the client as much information as you can about the property they're buying. So location of drains, sewers, what's public, private, um, you know, what monies they might have to pay, you know, given the comfort of, of, of agreements that might be in place for builders to look after them, et cetera, et cetera. It's all providing that client with as much information as possible. And that's the key. Great. So the next time somebody says, oh, yeah, it's just a drainage search. Well, uh, maybe they'll um, maybe they'll understand a little bit more that <laughs> how important it is. Well, thanks for that, Stu, and those really, really practical thoughts. And um, do you know what? I'm guessing I might see you soon. Probs. Take care. Bye.